It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. What's going on, everyone? This is Noah Getzel, your host of the Walked On Wizards podcast. Uh, we are here recording on Saturday night after the Wizards beat the Heat. Oh, my bad. They didn't beat the Heat. They actually lost by like 30. <laughs> I was caught up on the wrong week. Um, we're going to be talking to my co-host Arthur Renault tonight about the weekend recap where the Wizards won a big one over uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and then got smoked here by the Heat in Miami. Uh, then we'll talk about the upcoming games this week against the Minnesota Timberwolves, Boston Celtics, and Indiana Pacers. Finally, we're going to give a a little bit of an update on John Wall's injury. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that'll that'll be it. Uh, Locked On Wizards podcast starts now. We are part of the Locked On Radio Network, your team every day, five days a week. Wizards news and analysis, anything you need. Twitter interaction, as Arthur generously uh, did on his last podcast, which which was awesome. So we'll keep those poll questions coming for you and look forward to including your feedback on the show. So if you want to listen to Locked On Wizards podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes. Please give us a nice rating and review to provide some feedback. And you can um, follow us on Stitcher and Spotify. Subscribe there. Google Home or Google Play. Um, you can listen on your Alexa voice device. You can listen to us basically anywhere. And we always tweet out the links on Twitter, so be sure to follow all three of us, um, actually four accounts you need to follow, Locked On Wizards, which is just at Locked On Wizards, 
Arthur and I are both Wizards Extra reporters, so please follow Wizards Extra too, and then you can find me, Noah underscore Getzel, at locked on oh that's a gmail and i'm running never mind so my my twitter <laughs> email my twitter account i'm lost today is noah underscore g-o-e-t-z-e-l and arthur is at district mamba he has a much cooler twitter name than me arthur what is going on how you doing tonight why did the wizards totally come out so flat so out of energy that they allowed the miami heat to score freaking 76 points in the paint tonight well, I guess you could say that the Wizards got hammered uh, tonight in more ways than one, uh, especially giving up. Did you say it was 76? Yeah, 76 in the paint. The Heat wow. shot 59%. Heat starters shot 77%. And Hassan Whiteside didn't even play. Right. And that's that's honestly the scary part. Although when I tweeted, like, the Wizards are catching a break for the second night in a row with uh, missing Anthony Davis last night and Whiteside's night, uh, a couple people mentioned how the Heat actually played better without Whiteside on the floor, which which you could see clearly why tonight, because they have what the Wizards need, which is some young bigs that mm-hmm. are just, you know, full of energy, and they're, they're completing alley-oops and just, you know, very disruptive. Um, that kid from Kentucky, uh, Bam, I'm not even going to pretend to know. I know his last name. but Ado, uh, Adebayo. Adebayo. Adebayo, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he had some had sick dunks. Pretty, he had a pretty explosive uh, first quarter. He had like five rebounds, like two minutes into the game, it seemed like. but James yeah, Johnson I went mean, eight for nine. That's pretty crazy, too, that you let a guy shoot. You, you know, you force him to miss only one shot throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. And for what it's worth, something that, you know, people are noticing, Jan McGeemy didn't play tonight coach's decision Mm. so um that could either be brooks adjusting and not really forcing you know him to play because i mean how many times have we seen him guarding you know like a stretch five or another athletic you know center that can take him to the basket every time and you know brooks continue continuously puts him out there on an island to get you know destroyed but We'll, we'll have to monitor that, because that's definitely a small development, you know, if Jan Mahimi is finally going to only be played when there's a traditional center in at the time. Mm-hmm. You know who did have a monster game off the Wizards bench tonight, though? Jody Meeks, back-to-back games with at least 10 points. Uh, he had 23, shooting 7 of 15, knocked down his free throws, four rebounds as well tonight. But, you know, these points are totally meaningless. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and to be completely honest with you, I think uh, I didn't watch the second half, but I was listening it to I was listening to it on the radio and realized, you know, that the lead blew up very quickly for the Heat. Um, so I can already like imagine what happened. But yeah, pretty much garbage garbage stats all around. Mm-hmm. You know, we were looking at Meeks who played 27 minutes and had 23 points, but, you know, how garbage were those points? And Sessions had, I guess, you know, a decent game if you're looking at... Try to agree, ultra... You know, it's, it's all gar- garbage stats. They don't mean anything. But the stats that are alarming to me and kind of upsetting are... I mean, we, I think we can both admit, like, everyone kind of had an off game. You know, second night of a back-to-back. They're logging heavy minutes, like it's starting to catch up. But Morris and Gortat, like their performance, yeah. you know, 
in a lot of these games where the Wizards get run out of the building, it's it's not because of Morris and Gortat, but they're definitely a huge part of it. Like Absolutely. obviously for for you know um, Tyler Johnson to get to the rim, he has to blow by Otto Porter or Bradley Beal, and then you know me, you know Morris, you know sleeping by the basket or Gortat sliding in too late. So like it, it, it's definitely a team thing, but. It's just when you look at the stats, like they always have like some ugly numbers when the Wizards get blown out, and it just speaks to like how much they rely on Morris and Gortat to be engaged. And when they're not engaged, they can get ugly really quick. Yeah, you're lucky you missed the second half of this one actually, because uh, in the third quarter, so even like going into halftime, that was really what changed the game because the Heat ended on a 15 to four run, and it seemed like they were getting steals every single play during that run. The Heat ended up with um. Let's see, nine steals, and the Wizards committed uh, 15 turnovers, which isn't a huge number, but like when, when right. the team's not missing, like it, it, when they all come in a row, like right before halftime, oh, it really yeah. deflates you. I guess halftime's a good opportunity to regroup. But then in the third quarter, the Wizards allowed the highest point total by any team this season in a single quarter, 43 points. Um, before wow. that, the, the next highest before that was what? Um, it was 42, and... I'm trying to see when that was. Points in a quarter. That was against Memphis, uh, December 13th. But 43 points one quarter. The Wizards only had 28 points, so they got outscored by 15 in that quarter. Ended up losing um, 129 to 102. And at one point, believe it or not, the Heat were up 38 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, do you even that... watch film after a game like this? Oh, no. Like, there, there's nothing to watch. And right. I'm sure, like, teams do this all the time like they'll just chalk it up as a you know there's plenty of excuses for why they should have lost but I I just think you know I I tweeted this after the game that with the Wizards finally having their first round pick for it I mean so far unless they traded draft night or beforehand but with the Wizards having two draft picks coming up they need to get younger. They need to get pieces like, because if we look at Miami or even like Charlotte or places that, you know, are succeeding, you know, in terms of like just beating the Wizards, mm-hmm. they have young options to throw at us. Like if I'm, if we're looking at Miami, they have Tyler Johnson. They have, um, is it Josh? Yeah. Richardson. Josh they have, uh, Magruder is pretty young too. He's 26. Rodney Magruder. He's a beast defender. Winslow, um, you know, they hit on Wayne Ellington, who I knew as soon as he checked the, into the game, he was going to have a pretty good scoring night. So they have multiple pieces. The Wizards kind of had that this year, but they're not young. It's not young talent. They're kind of who they are at this point. And yeah. the fact that we're playing sessions, that that's not a good thing. I mean, I can think of three, possibly four players who you know, have have some way to go before they hit their ceiling. And we can dive into this discussion more um, on a different podcast for sure. But I think that Kelly Oubre definitely has the most opportunity for growth. After that, probably um, Tomas Sadoransky is, is changing a lot. I, I feel like this past stretch without John Wall might essentially be, you know, in the immediate future or this season in playoffs, it'll be like, you know, the best defense and the best shooting that we'll see out of him. So basically we've seen the best he can do for this season, at least. I'm sure he can improve in the offseason. And then because of the the age of Otto Porter and Bradley Beal, they can definitely keep improving, even though Otto Porter has basically had the exact same season this season as he had last season. 
but he's had some hip issues, so you you know he might he might still be on the way up. Be all you can tell, like he's he's going to be a superstar, and he could essentially not saying the Wizards should go with this, but the way he's been leading the Wizards all by himself as the the sole superstar or sole leader of the team without John Wall, it's pretty impressive. And you know if I don't know if it could last a whole season, obviously. And we don't need to debate this whatsoever because the Wizards are better than, with Wall. But it's it's just that with Beal at the helm, the Wizards have looked all right, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I completely agree. I mean, at this point, it, it says a lot. Like, I've kind of gotten used to considering Sadoransky as a starter. But obviously, we know in the grand scheme of things, he's he's the backup point guard. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you mentioned a great point. Like, Kelly Oubre, by far, is, like, a bench piece, for sure. And then once Wall gets healthy, Sadoransky is another bench piece. But then after that, like, we have Meeks, we have Sessions, Scott, Smith, Frazier. Right. Like, all these, like, rotating players that, you know, we sign, they're older, they have, they're coming off an injury. Yeah. They're thrown around, like, team by team. So this is where they need to plug in a young big, and then just, like, their own, like, Justice Winslow or Tyler Johnson, like, just a shooting guard that's athletic that can just, like, bring it every night. Yeah. And if you pick that as a bench unit, like, if the starters aren't going, like, if there's a night where Marquise Morris or, like, even John Wall, who's been suspect to, uh, to have these games where he doesn't, you know, go all out, like, you can just put in, like Sadoransky, Ubre, that new young big, and just roll with them because at least you'll get effort. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Wizards are desperately missing, especially um, on second nights of a back-to-back, which are brutal. Right. I only like three players on the Wizards bench: uh, Ubre, Tomas Sadoransky, and Mike Scott because of his ability to just play unselfishly and totally manhandle people in the post, and he has some really hot shooting nights. But otherwise, you know, I could go without all those. Other aging dudes rotting away on the bench. Um, even Jan Mahimni, even though he's contributed better, like he's he's too young, too old, too overpaid. His health has been good this year. But just one final note about this big loss to the Heat before we take a break and move on to some other topics. Did you see that really weird play that got uh, Dwayne Wade a technical when he poked Kelly Oubre in like the back of the neck ear area? Yeah, what was up with that? that? I, I don't understand. Apparently, they were saying on the broadcast that. In the possession, pre, in the previous possession, I think Ubre uh, landed an elbow on mm. the offensive play, and that kind of like you know tilted Wade. And then on the other end, Kelly Ubre nailed him with like another elbow, like trying to draw a foul. And that's when like Wade had enough and like poked him in the back of the head, mm. you know, because. I don't know. I guess he's too scared to do it while he's facing him. I don't know. I, that's just a very like punk move like if you're gonna do something like that like jay crowder and john wall last year like just do it to his face so that so that you know he can respond but yeah and then like one last comment on yon mahimi yon mahimi would have been perfect during the gilbert arenas years like we could have used someone like yon mahimi in 2005 and that just says you know, it gives credit to how much the NBA has changed and mm-hmm. how kind of useless players like Mahimi are in this era, but would have been, like, just 10 years ago, he would have been one of the top, like, centers, or at least defensive centers, yeah. I believe. But, but now he's kind of, like, dead weight. 
everyone discounts Jan Mahimni and Marcin Gortat, but if the Wizards were to pair against a team like Philadelphia and Joel Embiid, like, you know, Markeith Morris and Otto Porter and Mike Scott aren't going to be able to deal with his physical beastness in the post. Like, you need someone who's who's strong and defensively disciplined. So I think, like, I think Gortat would be able to fight for rebounds better than someone like Markeith Morris would against Embiid, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, uh, and, again, this is where I hope that Brooks is finally taking matchups into consideration because that's a perfect example of when I would deploy, like, a, you know, Mahimi. But if it's against Al Horford or, right. you know, dare say Kelly Olniak, like, you have to bench him. You have to roll with Morris or Jason Smith and at least throw someone that can, like, put a hand in his face and not get his ankles broken with, yeah. like, one crossover. Which will still happen against Embiid as well, because he shoots threes right. and he drives to the rim and all that. Yeah. All right. And at that point, you live with it. Well, we've got to get to uh, the good side of this weekend, the Wizards matchup against the Pelicans, where Washington actually won that one by 19 points. Um, so we'll do that right after this break. Once again, you're listening to Locked On uh, Podcast Network. This is Locked On Wizards. And Locked On Podcast Network is your one, number one daily sports uh, podcast. You can also check out um, Locked On NFL for your uh, off-season analysis. There's been a ton of free agent signings, and there's been great coverage. Uh, like there's there's a great podcast um, from Locked On Niners about the Richard Sherman signing today. So be sure to tune in to some of our other cha- uh, channels. There's there's awesome call- content all across the board. Uh, we'll be right back with Locked On Wizards. Once again, I'm Noah Getzel, and co-host Arthur Renault is here for the show today. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Um, We just talked about Saturday night's matchup where the Wizards got absolutely punished by the Heat, but there is... You know, there's a the glass is half full from the weekend because the Wizards had a big win against an opponent that was a little bit shorthanded, but a win is a win, uh, especially this time of the year. So the Wizards beat the Pelicans 116-97. So uh, yeah, 116 to 97. Pelicans didn't have Anthony Davis, who had is recovering from an ankle injury. Um, but some of the the key numbers from that game, um, Wizards dominated the boards. They got uh nine rebound advantage there. They had 10 offensive rebounds that led to 18 second chance points. And in the final three quarters of the games, the Wizards scored 94 points, even though they were off to a, a bit of a lesser, less explosive start. Um, and the, the Wizards shared the, the scoring load pretty well. Porter had 19, Morris 17, Beal 16, Mike Scott 14, Kelly Oubre 11, and Jody Meeks had 10. And defensively, it was just an incredible effort because you know, there's you can tee up a lot more on Drew Holiday if you don't have to worry about Anthony Davis, for example. So, like, Drew Holiday had four points. He shot two of eight from the floor. Only one starter for the Pelicans hit double figures. That's uh, Rajon Rondo, who had 11. This was this was an impressive 
win, even though, you know, like a lot of the time the Wizards have these games where it's like, all right, the Wizards are playing, I don't know, like, say, I'm trying to think of an example. Let's just say, like, the Knicks without Kristaps Porzingis, right? And Which then the Knicks... Yeah, I'm saying, like, the, the Wizards, even against teams who are missing their star players, uh, I wish I could think of more concrete examples, but this season they've really struggled um, against bad teams and teams who are decent, but, you know, without without their, their top, top player, so... Good focus from the Wizards, right? Were you? Did you think this one be, would be a little closer than it, it turned out to be, Arthur? Uh, honestly, I expected um, Friday to be easier than Saturday, uh-huh. uh, regardless of the back-to-back pairing. Because it's just Miami, going back to last year, has just owned us. And it's kind of like a recipe of they're so young and athletic and we can never compete with those type of teams, or at least we struggle a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to your point about just taking care of business, um, yeah, the Wizards have definitely done a better job off the top of my head. Um, I think there was a stretch where we played Orlando when they were sitting like Gordon three Hayward, of their top or... players. Um, and then the following mm-hmm. night, maybe a few nights afterwards, we played Chicago with uh, Zach Levine not being able to play mm-hmm. and then New York without uh, Porzingis and then obviously like Cleveland without love. So it's definitely happened a lot this year. And that's when that was the peak of, Ooh, are the wizards better without John Wall? And I was like, well, that could be an argument, but at the same time you have to understand we're playing teams like not at their full capacity as well. Right. And, even though, like, we're missing wall, like, these teams are missing, like, multiple stars. So it's also, like, you know, it bounces out, but at, at the very end of the day, it's definitely a good thing that we're taking care of business. Mm. So right now, the Wizards sit um, a game and a half below Cleveland for third place, and there's probably no chance they're going to catch Toronto or Boston in the top two places. Uh, they're 11 games behind Toronto, and then eight and a half behind uh, Boston. So they're they're fifth seed right now, right behind uh, a half. This loss against the Heat pushed them a half game behind the Pacers, and then behind Washington is Philadelphia, Miami, and Milwaukee. Um, the other teams are out of the picture. Do you think? I guess like when when you look at the the schedule ahead um, against the Timberwolves, the Celtics on the road, and then um, Indiana. Who and the Wizards are one and one against the Celtics so far. They just lost to Indiana, where Victor Oladipo totally exploded for thirty-three points and a ton of steals. What do you what What are you looking at in terms of like which which wins are key for this upcoming week for the Wizards? Man, um, yeah, it's gonna be a tough week mainly because history is not on our side for some of these matchups. Mm. Um, we look at. Um, you know, not in order, but if we if we look at the San Antonio matchup at San Antonio, we haven't won there this century. So, <laughs> like, it's just you know basically chalking it up as an L. But at the same time, you know, San Antonio's had kind of a weird season, but they've also you know still been the Spurs and they're thirty seven and twenty eight. You know, that's a lot better than they probably should be without. Kawhi Leonard um, for a big part of the season. Um, Playing at Boston, I mean, I know we've beat them already, but 
that was like a really like that's still probably my favorite game of the year. Um, when we beat Boston for on mm-hmm. Christmas, aside from you know it being Christmas, but that was just like a really great performance all around, and it showed like I think I think it showed basically the ceiling of this team. I mean, Wall basically took Kyrie out of the game um, during you know Kyrie time in the fourth quarter, and you know Beal and it was just a great game all around, but um, Indiana is definitely tough. And like going back to taking care of business, like we beat Indiana without Oladipo and then got smashed yeah. against Indiana with Oladipo. They're so only all star. Yep. Right. So it's a huge difference, you know, who suits up for Indiana. So right off the bat with those three, uh, I mean, I would love to say maybe one win. Um, oh man. But- <laughs> That doesn't sound too promising. I don't know. I I think it's a combination of, like, the magic is running out for this run that the Wizards had without Wall, and it's going to start to... Things are going to start to, like, revert back to averages or at least, like, you know, not skyrocketing. Whatever Thomas Adoransky shot from three, like, he's not going to do that forever. His turnover rate, he's not going to keep it low forever. So there has to be a point where something extreme negative happens so that it balances out. But I, I think against Minnesota, maybe it's because I'm not very educated with how Minnesota's doing this year. But, um, I mean, they, they lost to the Celtics by eight, and it was a pretty good game. They just picked up Derrick Rose as well. Yep. So, I mean, Derrick Rose always seems to play well against the Wizards, so that'll be something to watch. And then, finally, uh, at the back end of that game, uh, against Denver. Denver's always a team that I feel like they get talked about a lot, like based on their talent, because they obviously have like um, Jokic and like some other players. Um, wait, I think I've butchered his name. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Jokic. Oh, I got it right. Yeah. Uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, I always hear really great things about him and Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. They have Paul Millsap, so... Oh, I mean, Millsap... Is Millsap back? I think he's been injured, like, all year with a a surgery. Oh, maybe, actually. Yeah, he hasn't been playing, but, um, what's his name? Gary Harris has been a beast, too, for the the Nuggets. Gary Harris, yeah, that was was the one I was looking for. But, but again, like, these are names that, like, I hear all the time, but then you look at their record, and they're 36 and 30, but they play in the West, but we always seem to kind of take care of business against them. Um, at least in, at, Veri- at Verizon, mm-hmm. at Capital One. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, staying afloat, like two and three, three and two would be a really good week. Um, there are four games or just three? Let's see. Oh, wait. Um, I think I'm doing a five-game outlook. Oh, okay. Because um, I just went over five games. But, yeah, so, like, this week, I mean, hoping for two and one, but yeah. one and two, as long as, like, we don't get, like, blown out, like, tonight in the other games. I think, um, yeah, I think the Wizards need to go two and one. I think Minnesota, they, of course, are fighting for the playoff lives at this stage. Um, and over in the West, San Antonio, Minnesota, and OKC were all tied um, with 38 wins. Or, sorry, just, like, the, yeah. Um, so, Minnesota and Oklahoma City were tied OKC got a win over the Spurs tonight. That game just wrapped up here Saturday night. Um, so it looks like Minnesota gets pushed down to seventh place. And even though they're probably, I don't know, like a game and a half above the Clippers, 
and it's it's just a huge game. Like, you know, all of these games are huge in terms of them trying to get in the playoffs and avoid the Rockets and Golden State in the playoffs, because even if you make the playoffs, like, you don't want to be swept, and then everything is up for grabs between three and essentially ten. Everyone's, you know, within just uh, four games there. So right. even though Minnesota's been um, a bit, a bit uh, bogged down since uh, Jimmy Butler's knee surgery, uh, so they're just five and seven since that happened on February twenty third. But I think I think that's definitely a winnable game and a game the Wizards will have to win to you know not move behind Philadelphia or anything like that in the standings. And then Boston. I would totally understand if the Wizards lost that game. Uh, I'm not expecting to win it, even though you know they did beat the Celtics in Boston earlier this year. And Indiana, that's that's just crucial because like you know it's likely going to be a team that the Wizards match up with in the four or five matchup first round of the playoffs if if things kind of stay put. So like you've you've got to prove, especially after you know the Pacers beat the Wizards on their whole home floor on Washington's home floor. Like it's it's a game that will be all about revenge, uh, and that's 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 a win, a like must win game, I, I believe, for the Wizards. So I'm I'm I think like anything less than two and one, of course, will be a disappointment. Um, and then the Wizards have to face the Spurs a couple days after that Pacers game, and you heard, you heard the news about the Spurs. So uh, Kawhi Leonard is coming back on Thursday, uh, according to ESPN. And that will be against the Pelicans. So that'll be a lot tougher to, to, you know, beat the Spurs with their reigning MVP from, I don't know, what, two years ago? <laughs> Top three yeah. finisher and MVP uh, voting past two seasons. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, yeah, Kawhi Leonard is probably, if not my favorite non-wizard in the NBA, definitely up there. I mean, mm-hmm. his, he, oh, God, what, the, what I would do to, like, for, to like have the miracle to have Kawhi Leonard here, um, which not to open up like open wounds and stuff, sore wounds, but there was an opportunity you know, way back when. But you know that would have just changed everything. Maybe we wouldn't have gotten like Bradley Beal or uh, John Wall or Otto Porter. So you know you can't really go back and say, oh, we could have had all these players because then if we hit on all those players, like our team would be completely different. Mm-hmm. But, I wouldn't yeah. say that Jan Vesely looked to be like a more promising prospect than Kawhi Leonard. They both looked athletic in their own right, but you know, one's playing against the best college players, one's playing over in Europe against some guys who can barely jump over a phone book. So you never know. Um, but it was it was a weird kind of like Kawhi Leonard coming out of the draft. He's a six seven power forward who can't shoot. Um, and, like, he didn't have ball-handling abilities. You knew he was a defensive menace, but, like, it, he just wasn't in the right position. He didn't have the skill set for small forward at that time. So, and it's almost yeah. like if we would have drafted him, it would have been Chris Singleton 2.0. Because I remember, like, when we drafted Singleton out of Florida State, it was like, oh, he's going to be a defensive beast. And then, like, he could never, like, get on the court. So... You know, it, it, it all has to do with development as well. And although Scott Brooks has definitely done a great job this year with, uh, you know, Kelly Oubre and Sadoransky and, you know, Beal incorporating some things that he's worked on in the offseason, like, we probably would have had a better chance. But with the coaches we had previously, like, Kawhi might have not even gotten playing time. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, the what we'll end with today on Locked On Wizards podcast is going to be John Wall's recovery status, and you know when it's time for him to kind of re-enter the swing of things. And the big, you know, John Wall's locked up for a, a bunch of years. I think uh, maybe like at least three or four more years in in DC uh, due to his contract. So he's going to play cautiously. Of course, he wants to be back in. Uh, like, you know, he wants to be back completely 100% healthy for playoffs, and he doesn't want to miss any of those games for sure. But it's just a, a a tough approach because, you know, Wall is finally shooting. He's moving a little bit more. Uh, he seems more mobile, but he, he probably, you know, maybe, what would you say, like two more weeks until he's back on the court? Maybe play, like, the last five games of the regular season or something like that? Yeah, I would say, you know, ideally... He comes back with like eight games left. We, you know, whatever time period that is, he plays with, like, fifteen, twenty minutes left. a game, maybe. Yeah, for like the four games, he plays fifteen, twenty off the bench, and then the last four games, like you kind of ramp it up because you also don't want him to be trying to get like regain his like legs and confidence, like game one of the playoffs. Like you kind of want, right? You know, just beating up on whatever teams we have to close out the year to gain some confidence. Um, but yeah, it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a task for sure. Can't wait to uh, to talk about it and see what happens. Right? Yeah. I mean, totally different team, but you you never know which which John Wall you're gonna get if he's yeah. coming back from injury. Cool. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, Arthur, to chat with me about the past two Wizards game and preview the upcoming week. We have a, a cool announcement to share. Locked on Wizards is gonna be a new program on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net station, which is their their NBA channel, and we'll be going live every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday night there on Dash Radio at 9 p.m., so look out for that. And you can you can listen in just at dashradio.com. You can search, you know, the different content. It'll say all sorts of types of music. You choose talk, and then you can go to NBA Nothing But Net, and it's a live stream running all the time, and listen in at 9 p.m. those days. And hear our voices. Woo! Yep. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much. Have a good night, everybody. And we'll talk to you on Monday night. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.